It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the writer and director for Crisis, Nicholas Jarecki. There is no greater scourge facing America from within. The president takes the opioid crisis very seriously. The kid got snagged at the border. The courier? Took a year of undercover work to get this far. Maybe it's dangerous to press a big sale now. Yeah, but what choice do we have? Our product will be the first truly non-addictive painkiller. What the hell is going on? All the addiction centers are lighting up. And then by day 10, they're dead. I'm looking for my son. Were you aware of any issues with your son? Like what? Based on your results, you want Northlight to pull their billion-dollar drug. It can cost you a hell of a lot more than your teaching job. You've got to have a plan. A plan for telling the truth. Careful. Should this kid get an itch to name names, it would be unpleasant for everyone. They're going to come after you. But what you're doing now may be the most important thing you ever do. My son run drugs for you. This Wires. is the biggest public health crisis since tobacco. It's not our responsibility. Then whose is it? You cannot walk into that by alone. We can't quit. We can't stop. What do you think we're here to do? To make a difference? We can touch you anywhere in the world. We're running out of time. Last chance. Daniel, how are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. Pleasure to speak with you. I'm a fan. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk with me today. No, thank you. It's, it's terrific. So Crisis has a, a big cast of heavy, heavy hitters, you know, Gary Oldman, Evangeline Lilly, Greg Kinnear, along with yourself. Uh, so you've been in the, the industry for quite a while now, but this is your first credited acting role. What made you want to take the leap alongside this talented cast? Well, it's all Lenny Kravitz's fault. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, about, about four years ago, uh, Lenny uh, was doing a music video and he cast me. He wanted to get uh, a real director to play this director having a breakdown directing him. <laughs> so uh, we went and shot this uh, video for a day, and um, I just had so much fun doing it. And, uh, and they actually thought that I wasn't embarrassing. <laughs> so I don't know where I got the crazy idea, okay, so now I should be in a movie. Um, but I was sitting around with the cast, and we were doing some rehearsal, and somebody said, oh, yeah, where, where are we on the casting for that uh, partner role? You know, and I play a kind of comic relief in the film, a little mm -hmm. bit uh, sidekick. And so 
uh, I said, you know, I said, okay, well, here's my uh, big chance. And so I said, uh, well, you know, what do you guys think? I was thinking maybe I would do it, you know, expecting that they were going to laugh. And they were like, oh, okay, great. Okay, so we got that role. Okay, so you're in. So I was like, oh, boy, all right, damn, now I got to do it. Right. Uh, so, but I will tell you, you know, one of the great things about uh, directing yourself um, is that you have unlimited takes. Mm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this I is. I guess you'll judge if I embarrass the picture or not. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and yeah, and it's. And I it's, leave it to you. It's no Hitchcock cameo. You, you, you first appeared on screen, and I was like, oh, cool. We see him, and then you know, we probably won't see him again. Oh no, he, he's a he's a legitimate part of the movie. It was great. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, much like much like I'm your, fielding offers if you uh, perfect. Or, you know, if you have any opportunities. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I will. I'll be on the lookout. Much like your last film, Arbitrage. This is an ensemble film and, and has, you know, interconnected stories. Where, where did you kind of break in? You know, it covers so many, so many aspects to the opioid ep- epidemic. So where did you sort of start to get started with writing this picture? Well, um, you know, the genesis of it, um, you know, unfortunately, um, I had some friends who uh, got involved with opioids and, you know, some of whom aren't with us anymore. So this was about maybe 15 years ago when very little was known about opioids. And, um, you know, when it really started coming to the fore in in the last five to 10 years, I started to look more closely at it. And, you know, if you if you saw arbitrage and and hopefully enjoyed it, um, you know, you know that I like to kind of uh, look at, you know, well, why is something happening? Because the answers often aren't as easy to understand as we think. So, uh, you know, as Gary Oldman says at one point, I think, you know, follow the money. And, um, and so I started to really look at this thing and say, well, what's going on here? Why all of a sudden, I mean, we've had morphine on the battlefield with the uh, civil war soldiers 150 years ago. So why is all of these people dying from opioid abuse? And that's when I really started to see, um, I think that some of the safeguards that we rely upon um, our government for and our, our, our fellow man for, a man and woman for, um, got relaxed in service of profit. And so we saw uh, some of these pharmaceutical companies, which, you know, usually are out there doing great things and, and, and bringing great medicines to people who are sick, um, really got incentivized to uh, develop drugs that had a much higher uh, potential for dependence than was typically understood. Um, and maybe they, maybe they knew that. Uh, maybe they looked the other way. Maybe not. Uh, you know, but certainly there was a great encouragement to doctors and to uh, you know, uh, people within the uh, medication field, um, hey, let's get these pills out there. Let's sell these pills. We're ma- you know, making them for one cent, selling them for a ton. Um, and so it got all screwy. And then, you know, as often happens, um, uh, smuggling will come in or illicit diversion. So, you know, you have these regular normal people who got hurt on the job, you know, took a pain pill for a back and now they got to seek out those pills. And then if they can't get them from a doctor, where are they going to get them from? They're going to get them from the street. So we see that in this film, Gary Oldman dealing with the pharmaceutical company, almost like up on Mount Olympus, fighting with the gods, what's going to happen in the boardroom. But then how does it filter down and affect the police storyline, smugglers, um, and Evangeline's storyline? I think she gives a wonderful performance as a recovering addict herself who gets involved in this kind of vigilante hunt. Um, so I thought, you know, this is a complex topic, just like the financial crisis, you know, but here it was even bigger. Um, so let's look at it in the multi-plot style. Um, and then also selfishly, I love, I love actors and I, I had, you know, an embarrassment of riches with all these great actors. So 
um, having these multiple storylines just gave me more people I got a chance to work with. Yeah, how how you you kind of started touching on it. How intensive was the research process? Because it, it there's there's so many aspects to this uh, epidemic that you cover here. So uh, how how deeply did you have to dive into this this world to kind of make sure you got it right? Um, well, you know, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, research is essential, especially in something like this. So um, I hooked up with these reporters at the Los Angeles Times, a whole bunch of investigative work on the pharmaceutical companies. Um, and then uh, they connected me also with this undercover detective, a, a retired uh, sheriff's narcotics detective who was instrumental in the prescription task force. And so we went around and we saw the real places, the pill mills where they get the doctors in, gangsters get doctors in, and they have them write fake prescriptions. They exploit the Medicare system. Um, and then, you know, it was also knowing addicts um, and doing research into that, you know, and I, I think you see Evangeline, you know, she plays an architect. So I knew very high functioning, high level people that had um, addiction issues with opioids. And I thought that's something I wanted to show, you know, that it wasn't some okie somewhere, or, you know, oh, those those people, those losers, whatever, you know, however we want to label people in society. No, this is your brother, your sister, you know, your son. Um, and so I think the, the research was essential to back that up and to give it the authenticity. And then I even went into the labs and I went and I, I found I had a great science advisor who runs a biotechnology company. And one of my producers also was a, an entrepreneur in that field. So, you know, everything that you see in the film is, is real, is based on something real. Um, and it's pretty intricately researched. Um, but I think hopefully it's not didactic. You know, we tried to make it a compelling and thrilling entertainment, uh, you know, and not just an op-ed piece. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to that end, what, what were some of your biggest influences uh, in the production, either visually, emotionally, whatever? What, what really inspired you as you were making the film? Well, I love, you know, listen, I have three directors that are, you know, great influences upon me. And I think you can see uh, Michael Mann, mm -hmm. you know, who lives in the details with, you know, Heat was a big visual tableau in inspiration, but also, of course, The Insider, the great whistleblower yeah. story that this film owes a debt to. Um, with Jeffrey Wigand and the tobacco companies. Um, and then I would say, I think Catherine Bigelow is another wonderful director, you know, whether it be with Zero Dark Thirty or The Hurt Locker, or, you know, even her earlier films, you just, they feel very lived in, they feel very real. Um, there's an intensity to the characters, um, you know, and then I would say, um, you know, of course, Soderbergh, you know, yeah. because uh, just like 21 Grams and Babel, you know, Traffic was a big inspiration. I'd always been a tremendous fan of that. I'm not claiming this is traffic, but, uh, you know, I just thought he ha he was really a master who um, was a pioneer of the multi-plot story. Um, and uh, and I, I think it's, um, it's something that's gone a little bit out of fashion as we see it more and more in television. Hmm. But I think, you know, when we started to screen the film for audiences, they really responded to the multiple characters. Um, you know, they like uh, being able to jump and they're very, you know, able now to, hold a lot of pieces in their mind. Um, so I think uh, I think those were the inspirations. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Coming up on 5-Minute News. 
I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Yeah, how how do you make sure that the audience can when you, when you're dealing with uh, such a wide uh, you know these interlocking stories? How do you make sure you're balancing them appropriately and not you know d- taking too long away from one story or uh, not keeping them balanced? Well, it's an excellent question. Um, you know, it's funny I, when we were editing. You know, we'd we'd try. You know, we had the script right, but then you you know the script is just a blueprint. I, I do a tremendous amount of rehearsal with the actors. Um, and then I'll work as I did on arbitrage to incorporate their notes and their ideas into the script because they're such great students of human nature, you know, so what you might do alone in a dark room for a week and not figure out the right piece for the scene, you know, Oldman comes in or whoever's a paneer and they're like, well, I wouldn't do that. You know, I just came from the office. They gave me the paper. So it doesn't make any sense. I got to come in over. You go, Oh my God, of course. Right. But so that's a process that also extends to editing. Um, so I had, um, you know, I had a, a, a big team here, you know, myself, Duff Smith, um, and we had a few edit rooms running and I would bring in, you know, whether it was Taika Waititi or Eli Roth or uh, Mark Forster, you know, different directors, we'd screen the picture, we'd get feedback and we'd see, you know, how is it playing? Um, you know, do we need, I think Raphael Reed, uh, you know, kind of supervised by Cliff Martinez did a wonderful job with the score, mm. you know, so can we use score to link this? Can we kind of montage things? Um, you know, we shot a lot of material, this original cut of the movie, it's a complicated topic. It was like three hours long. Uh, in the end, the movie is just about an hour 50. Um, but we didn't take out any scenes, you know, we just took images from those scenes and, and move them around and, 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 and put them up against each other and against a beautiful piece of music from Raph. So, um, you know, I think there's certainly an element of trial and error to it, um, but uh, it's really kind of just listening to the audience. And it's funny you said that thing about missing something. You know, we had that exact conversation in here where we were like, oh, my God, where's Gary? I miss Gary. You know, he's mm. been gone now for 11 minutes. Well, we we got to bring him back. But we can't bring him back because his story doesn't progress today. We need to buy. Oh, but hold on a second. What if we put that scene before? That wouldn't make any sense. Oh, are you sure? Well, actually, wait a minute. It wouldn't make sense. Yeah, because we don't know. You know, so then you're like, you rebuild it. And, and, and the footage gives you some of the connections. Um, and then honestly, it's sort of in a way, uh, you know, like uh, being back in school again, you got to really figure out thesis, antithesis, um, and figure out how to link those things together. Um, but luckily, you have, I think, in this movie, some very strong performances um, that, you know, compel you to watch and keep you engaged. You know, you've told a story in the past uh, of, of being on set of the film Hackers when you were young uh, and, and realizing your dream to become a director. <laughs> and you've accomplished that dream multiple times over now. So uh, how, how has this experience differed from maybe what you thought it would be all those years ago? Well, well I, I appreciate you mentioning that and, and, and doing your research. Um, no, I love Hackers. I mean, it was... Uh, it was such a wonderful opportunity. There I was at 16 years old. You know, I was in the computer hacker meeting and 
Angelina Jolie came in with Ian Softly and Johnny B. Miller, and they're like, hey, we're looking back, or can you help us, you know? And, you know, so I got to go down to the set. I got to make, uh, you know, what, what alligator clips and red boxes and teach them how to hack the phone system. Um, so, you know, but, but as a young man, it was, you know, it was almost like the circus came to town. Very beautiful circus. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, it was, it was incredibly appealing. But I looked at Ian and I said, you know, I saw all Angelina, everybody, they all, you know, okay, director, what do we do? And I just thought, wow, that's a fascinating position to be in. Um, and, and that, you know, he was in many ways, I mean, the director is not, I wouldn't say the director is the author of the film because the film is a collaborative piece by so many people, so many great artisans, the cinematographer, the composer, the editor, you know, production designer, and then of course the actors um, and, 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 and even the sets, everything that you bring to it, right? So, um, but the director is a conductor of sorts. Um, and so, uh, you know, I set out to do that, um, and I, uh, you're right, I have achieved it. Um, I wish I'd have made more films. I've made five films in whatever, 16 years in some capacity or another. Um, and uh, uh, I guess, um, I mean, look, it's tremendously rewarding, um, and it is great that you get to uh, work on your ideas and bring them to a broad audience. And I love nothing more, really, than hearing from the audience, connecting with the audience um, and serving them, uh, not to, not to give them, uh, Hey, here's what you should feel. Cause I don't like movies like that mm. where, you know, it's an eat your vegetables kind of thing. I think we see that a little bit too often, especially with something that deals with a social topic. Oh, you know, look at these bad people, you know, Hey, I, I, you know, I knew that uh, they were bad people when I came in. I don't need to know that, you know? So I like more movies that stimulate you to think, um, I would say, uh, you know, we need to protect that in cinema. Scorsese's been talking a lot about this. He's taken flack. Um, you know, is he a grumpy old man uh, denigrating the MCU or whatever? Uh, but I think, um, you know, listen, you're, you're, you, you chronicle this in your site to some extent. Um, the, the adult drama, the thinking person's film, um, you know, it, it's, it's been beleaguered. For a while, um, and uh, these films are not easy to make. I guess that was definitely a revelation. Um, you know, you you really are are, are 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 sailing against the wind when you try to make uh, you know an adult drama. Um, I guess this is a thriller to some extent, so helps get it done. Um, but I I really hope that as a film community, um, you know, wh whether or not you think my film is the best film or whatever, you know, uh, it's not important. It just the, 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 you know, it's the intention, the motives of trying to make cinema that's about something, um, I think is something we have to fight for really in this time. Absolutely. Well, uh, Nick, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you, appreciate your work on the movie, and, and I hope we can see uh, another film from you sooner rather than later. I really appreciate that. Pleasure talking to you. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the writer and director for the new film Crisis, Nicholas Jarecki, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show, we really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. 
Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.